All right, so now that the draft, the draft is now behind us now. I think it's safe to say that there were a lot of surprises in this year's draft that I really didn't see coming. Um, but the good news is that now it's behind us now. It's almost like it's like Christmas whenever I get the uh, the NFL draft. And it's like for like the next like three, maybe two days. I'm not as focused on day three as I am on days one and two, obviously. But all, all in all, I was very excited. And I was pleased with how this draft went. It was a little lackluster in the quarterback division or in the, the quarterback position. But that, that goes without being said. Um, the skill positions, especially on defense, it was very heavy. Very, very heavy. So um, my homeboy Nick actually reached out to me. Shout out to Nick Bates. He said, uh, hey, can you do a draft, a post-draft show? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I caught a couple segments that I wanted to do, well, one of which is, you know, I mean, if you guys know this already, I'm a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. So um, on this episode uh, for Speak for Yourself, feature Marcellus Wiley and Emmanuel Acho, uh, they go into detail about what happened during that draft. And then I'm probably going to find or I found some other content uh, that has to do more so with all the other teams, like the winners and losers and stuff like that. So let's see what they're talking about. If your team's colors are green and white exclusively, yes, you want to draft. You want to draft. You want to draft. Green. Yeah, uh, I would like to say that uh, the Eagles definitely won the draft this year. Uh, I actually I didn't leave thinking to myself like WTF. The Jets also had a wonderful draft as well, and I mean the Jaguars also did too. Um, uh, for some reason, they have the Detroit Lions up there. Uh, they also had a pretty good draft, to say the least. I'm still pissed that they drafted Jamison Williams when they leapfrogged the Eagles to get him, and I know that the Eagles, were they were wanting him. But I'm very excited for the A.J. Brown trade because uh, at 18 at that point, there weren't any receivers that were that were even worth taking at the 18th spot. White, Jets and Eagles. I'm going to yep. start with the Eagles. Eagles fans, y'all better listen up and turn your volumes up. Now, you won the draft for this reason, but more importantly, this is what nobody's telling you. A.J. Brown, we all understand what A.J. Brown means for the Philadelphia Eagles. Why oh, I mean, it means a lot, um, but it's also very telling um, because given that he's a top 10 receiver in the league, matter of fact, I would say top seven. I'd have to give him top seven um, in no particular order. Uh, if I had to rank the the receivers that I'm looking at as far as I would even go as far as top, I'd say top 10. Uh, obviously, I'd have to throw in Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. You got to throw Jamar Chase in there. You got to throw Tyreek Hill in there as well. Uh, I would also throw in, I would even throw in guys like A.J. Brown. I think that Allen Robinson is a top tight end or not tight end, a top receiver. Uh, I would also say Justin Jefferson. He's also a wonderful receiver as well. I want to throw in Odell, man, but he's just kind of been inconsistent, so I might have to leave him out. Cooper Cup, that's another option. Mike Evans, I think, is a fantastic receiver. Honorable mention, although he's not going to be in my top 10, Antonio Brown, when he's not losing his damn mind. I think he's a top receiver as well, but he's honorable mention. Uh, I would also have to throw in guys like, um, let me think, I already said D-Hop already, so I'm at what? Uh, what is that, not eight? I think eight, I'm not really sure. I can't, I can't remember. Um, Keenan Allen, he's definitely a top receiver in my opinion. Um, and you could also throw in, um, oh man, it's kind of slipping, it's kind of slipping my mind right now. Um, you could probably put in, I got, I got, I got one more, one more. Let me, let me come up with one more real quick. Um, and I know I'm probably forgetting somebody there, but you're probably screaming like, how can you not say so-and-so just bear with me for just a moment. 
I mean, could you throw Van? Nah, I wouldn't say Van Jefferson. I wouldn't throw him in there. Maybe not even Julio Jones, I think, is a top receiver. He wasn't last season. Um, Quickly going around the league real quick. Browns, Jets, Lions. Maybe Mike Williams. Or maybe you could throw Mike Williams in there. I would say Mike Williams is also a top receiver as well. Those are just a... Some of the few that, and if I'm forgetting anybody, like I said, I don't want to dwell too much on this. So those would be my top receivers. So AJ Brown is amongst the great receivers in the in the National Football League right now. The Eagles win the draft because Howie Roseman, general manager, he's done this. He's realized that he doesn't know enough about wide receivers coming out of college. Oh, you can you can say that again. Uh, he doesn't know shit about receivers coming out of college. Um, given the picks that he's made, uh, one of them being Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar and now Jalen Rager. Uh, I mean, his heart's in the right place when he's picking these guys up because they are dynamic athletes, uh, but they're kind of sort of one-trick ponies. And he's done such a horrible job with that. But you know what? On the flip side, he's done a great job with signing free agent wide receivers. Like He's done an, 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 a wonderful job. The Alshon Jeffrey uh, signing, that was amazing. The Torrey Smith signing, eh, that was so-so. Mike Wallace, eh, didn't really pan out, though. Uh, but... The only one that's really panned out as far as receiver-wise was Devontae Smith. That's the one that's been paying out. And now you have him bringing in a free agent who's a little bit older than Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown coming out of Ole Miss. And he had a wonderful season with the Titans. And I think that Jalen Hurts is a much better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. He says, let me get a proven young vet. I like that. Howie Roseman, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah, that... A.K.A. J-Jaw. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. He's not. <laughs> he's cooked. Like, he, he did so. He's had such a terrible tenure with the Eagles. Now they're going to move him to tight end. That's how bad he's been doing. Second round out of Stanford. Swing, get a miss. <laughs> Howie Roseman, Jalen Rager, first round pick out of TCU. Swing, get a miss. Yeah, miss big time. I mean, he's a great special teams, like, gadget guy. But all in all, man, he I've never seen him as a good receiver. So when they picked him up, I was thinking to myself, like, hmm. You know, what happened? You know, and it's unfortunate that the Minnesota Vikings leapfrogged them to get Justin Jefferson, and we ended up getting screwed over after that. And then the Cowboys leapfrogged the Eagles, or they didn't leapfrog the Eagles. The The Cowboys picked in front of the Eagles that same year, right? I, I, yeah, they, that same year, and they ended up picking up CeeDee Lamb. So Howie Roseman, instead of saying, let me go spend another first or second round pick on a wide receiver, let me couple a proven wide receiver in A.J. Brown with a young swing connecting home run wide receiver, which I drafted last year in Devontae Smith. But here is the kicker that enough people aren't talking about, which is why, to me, the Eagles won the draft. I think about the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl sale. The laughing stock at wide receiver was Nelson Aguilar. Oh, man. Well, not only was it Nelson Aguilar, they also had... uh... Let me think. Who else did they have that year? They had uh, Josh Huff. Uh, they had, uh, you know, Doriel Green Beckham. They had, uh, I want to say Greg Ward was on the team. Maybe that might have been his rookie season, and he's a quarterback turned receiver. Um, they really didn't have much. So in that offseason in 2016 to 2017, or that 2017 offseason, they made moves to get an Alshon Jeffrey, who was coming off of a career year with the Chicago Bears who didn't want to pay him. They picked up Torrey Smith, although he was an aging veteran. Uh, he was able to be productive and, you know, use his speed down the field. And what that did is that actually moved down um, that lessened the responsibility for Nelson Aguilar to not perform. And that moved him, I think, to number three. 
And then I moved Torrey Smith to the two or to the Z. And then I moved Alshon Jeffrey to the X receiver spot. So basically, by process of elimination, they were able to then move, move him down, but also make him more productive. That being Nelson Aguilar. But Nelson Aguilar, his first two years, though a speedster, struggled. But in 2017... Struggled is an understatement. That, listen, this, that motherfucker couldn't catch COVID at the Lake of the Ozarks. He couldn't catch anything. Like, literally, right through his hands. And it pissed me off every time. Roseman acquires a young stud wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey wasn't young um, at that time. Alshon was probably about 27 maybe even 28 years old at that point. So I wouldn't say he was young uh, in league years. Moving Nelson Aguilar from the number one wide receiver now to the number two or three wide receiver behind Torrey Smith. Nelson Aguilar, now that he was a number three overall wide receiver on the depth chart, he balled. Team- uh, I wouldn't say he balled. I mean, he just did what he did. He did what every other receiver should have done in his position, except they had to find new ways to get him the football. Turn, balled. I'm looking at the first round pick Jalen Rager for the, for the Eagles from two years ago. Now that he's no longer a feature, but instead the third overall wide receiver behind A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, then you just made Jalen Rager better? You may- No. Well, if you know the depth chart, like I know the depth chart with the Eagles, it's not going to be Jalen Rager at the slot. It's probably going to be Quez Watkins, uh, who I think has much more upside and is faster than Jalen Rager. Jalen Hurts better. You made Devontae Smith better. You made A.J. Brown better. And you ain't even got to deal with no incoming rookies in that wide receiver room for that reason. Well... Again, I mean, all the receivers that were taken back to back to back. So you had Garrett Wilson go to the, I believe he went to the Jets, right? I could be wrong. Garrett Wilson ends up going to the Jets. Olave ends up going to the Saints. And then the Lions traded up and they picked up Jamison Williams. So um, at that moment, there wasn't going to be anybody that was worth taking in the first round besides those three guys. Uh, You could argue that John Mechie, he could have been somebody that could have been taken in the first round, but... Um, he scored a third round grade and not to mention he was also hurt. The Eagles won the draft. Now, I could also Or maybe it might have been Jamison Williams. I can't remember. One of those Alabama receivers were hurt though. Talk about the biggest freak azoid in the whole draft, which was Jordan Davis, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Six, <laughs> four, three, fifty, four, seven, eight, forty. Listen. <laughs> Jordan Davis. Oh, man, that guy is like a freak of nature, man. He's so violent at the point of contact, and he's able to just throw off blocks like they're nobody's business. And at his size, to be able to hawk down quarterbacks is also very impressive. When I look at a guy like him, he reminds me a lot of a, if you take Albert Hainsworth, and Haloti Nada and put them together, that's who you have is you have Jordan Davis. Now, obviously, health concerns are going to be an issue. I'm also worried about him being so tall that um, he might get chop blocked a lot. And also his pass rush ability. Obviously, he's going to be a run stuffer um, within a 3-4 defense. I don't really think he's going to be a three technique and a 4-3, but his able, his ability to clog the holes for them. Like, how are you gonna run on the? How are you gonna run? How are you gonna run on them like that? And the fact that they traded up and they got him. And if you guys know the Eagles' mo, they're a team that's always gonna pick in the trenches first. Whoever the best available guy is on the offensive line or defensive line, the Eagles are gonna pick them up. That's been their mo since like maybe two thousand. I want to say 
13 when they got Jason Kelsey. Well, they didn't. Kelsey wasn't a first round pick, but Lane Johnson was a first round pick. Andre Dillard was a first round pick. Fletcher Cox was a first round pick. Um, Brandon Graham was a first round pick, but he was kind of like a edge rusher, if you will. Um, what's that? What's that other guy's name? Um, always him. What, what's that? Derek Barnett. That's another edge rusher. They build through the trenches. So any chances of them getting a linebacker in the first, which is why after this year, I'm going to stop watching mock drafts and doing mock drafts because they're never going to get a, a linebacker in the first round, a safety in the first round, a corner in the first round. Uh, it, it's it's frustrating. Come on, dog. That's too much. But I'm not even going to focus there because who I like as an inside backer, Nicole Dean, also out of Georgia. Woo. Woo. Boy, I tell you, Nicole Dean. How the hell he fell? Well, I know how he fell in the draft, but the fact that he fell was a blessing in disguise. That was a blessing in disguise. I hoped and I prayed to the football gods that he was going to land on the Eagles, and he sure as hell did. At, at the third round, I thought to myself, he's right there. Second round, I remember they, they uh, the Eagles had, what, number 50, 51 or 53? They ended up getting a center out of uh, Nebraska. I believe it was Cam Jurgens, And I'm like, dude, N'Kobe Dean is still right there. And he still just kept falling and falling and falling and eventually pick him up at 83. I thought to myself, if these motherfuckers don't pick him up, and sure enough, they did it. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. Jordan, not Jordan Davis. N'Kobe Dean is the best linebacker in college football. He was the best linebacker in college football. Uh, we're talking sideline to sideline speed. He's very smart, instinctive. He's a great leader. Holds everybody else accountable, which is something the Eagles have lacked on defense for a while. Um, they've had guys who were always, you know, stop and fill in guys from free agency. Guys like a Nigel Bradham. They had Stuart Bradley. They had Jordan. Well, Jordan Hicks, they drafted um, Stuart Bradley. I think they drafted him, too. But um, even Najee, uh, not Najee, um, Emmanuel Acho, he was also somebody that they drafted, but it just didn't pan out for them. But ever since Nigel Bradham came in from Buffalo, they haven't really found somebody who could solidify that middle. Now you have a guy who can do that. N'Kobe Dean is going to be sick, man. He's going to be sick. I can't wait. Mechanical engineering major. 355 GPSL. What? Oh, my God. Processor. What people don't talk enough about, and Sal will attest to it if I do not do an adequate enough job. You need your backers to be smart. Mm. You need the captains of your defense to have an high IQ. Yeah, and I would even put Nicobe Dean's ability up there. Uh, if we're talking his college, like college numbers, he would have to go up there with guys like a Ray Lewis, guys like uh, Patrick Willis. Um, you, you could you could definitely put him up there for sure. I mean, he's 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 cerebral when it comes to playing the middle linebacker position. Best linebackers in the history of the game. Yes, they were great athletes, but boy, were they some IQ phenoms. Mm. So the Eagles got Jordan Davis, freakazoid out of Georgia. They got Nicobe Dean in the third round, freakazoid out of Georgia. But then most importantly, you get A.J. Brown. And you get A.J. Brown, who's 24 years of age, 2,000-yard seasons through his first three seasons. Couple him with Jalen Hurts. Couple him with Devontae Smith. Couple him with Miles Sanders. Couple him with Dallas Goddard. It sounds like, to me, it's going to be a, uh, the Eagles winning the NFC East uh, this year. <laughs> I think I can, I can see the Eagles winning the NFC East this year. Um, because Dallas, at this point, like you kind of sort of know what to expect with Dallas. Even when Dallas is like leading the leagues and win in the league in wins, 
You understand that Dallas has limitations, and their limitation goes by the head um, goes by the name of that um, that watermelon head bastard, uh, Dak Prescott. <laughs> and, I, and I'm joking when I say watermelon head bastard, but if you get the gist, he's got a big ass head. But they're limited by that. The Cowboys are almost done. They're they're almost on the cusp right now of having to do a complete rebuild and overhaul that offensive line, um, it, which has cr- crumbled ever since Travis Frederick retired. Tyron Smith isn't getting any younger. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is getting older now. You still, I mean, you have you have a guy like uh, C.D. Lamb, who's a good slot guy. He can play the outside. Um, Michael Gallup is coming off of, what, an ACL injury? Uh, so, yeah. But the defense is looking good, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, they got guys like uh, Micah Parsons, who's a freak of nature. Um, Demarcus Lawrence is coming back. We're going to see if... Maybe uh, Trevon Diggs can replicate that same um, energy that he had last season by leading the league in interceptions. Leighton Vander Esch, they're going to kick the tires on that one more time and see how that goes. I thought I think that he's kind of been a slight disappointment, but and the Giants are going to be the Giants and the Skins will be the Skins. I think it'll be very competitive, but there's no way that the Eagles cannot walk away with this division. Like it's impossible. Him with Jalen Rager, then I look at the Eagles. We are not going to include him with Jalen Rager. Still positions, and I say Miles Sanders, second-round pick. Dallas Goddard, second-round pick. Devontae Smith, first-round pick, Heisman winner. A.J. Brown, former first-round pick. Jalen Rager, former first-round pick. Jalen Hurts, second-round pick. You have all the talents you need. The Eagles won the... But all this is going to come down, you know, although on one end they're saying that, oh, okay, if you give Jalen if you give Jalen Hurts all this talent, he has to win. But this may also be a detriment to him because now the Eagles are equipped with next season being able to have multiple first round picks and getting the quarterback that they need. Me personally, I want Jalen Hurts to succeed. That way you can build around him. I think he's somebody who, unlike Carson Wentz, can galvanize the team. Um, He's not really a me person. He's a team guy. So to me, I want him to succeed because, I, I mean, you could build upon this draft next season. Um, as long as he can lead them to the playoffs and maybe get them a, a step further than what they were um, playing against the Bucks, where where Jalen just looked lost. Because they put a comfortable mattress for Jalen Hurts to lay on, and now he better sleep peacefully. Mm, not going to argue with that one. We'll talk about the Jets pick yes. and those picks later. But um, I got a team I think they had an even greater draft than the Eagles. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. They had a great draft, and something told me that they weren't going to pick up a quarterback in the first round, let alone any round. I mean, why would you? You're still tied to to Jared Goff for the next three years. Jared Goff is a guy who can win as long as you provide him with the correct amount of talent around him. So why would you pick up a rookie quarterback in this draft class, which was arguably one of the worst? I mean, Kenny Pickett was an outlier. I don't know how the hell he made it in the first round, but... To me, I think they wanted to rid themselves of the Dwayne Haskins um, death that had happened that kind of sort of was looming over the franchise. Big Ben is gone, obviously, and you weren't going to run. You weren't going to go into the next season with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback and and think that you were going to think that you were going to try to galvanize the fan base to, to give them a reason to come to the games. Kenny Pickett made the most sense to put butts in seats and it gives you a, a, a new era or a breath of fresh air to enjoy. Start with the Detroit Lions because the prospects that they got is going to be prospects for impact. Mm-hmm. And in this division, I don't think it's wide open. We know that Green Bay is probably going to win this division. But in terms of closing that gap, I think Detroit did as good a job as they could 
based on who they selected. Let's start off with my man Aiden Hutchinson. Oh my. Aiden Hutchinson's a freak, man. Uh, he caught a lot of flack. There was a guy who caught a lot of flack for saying that he was just as good as the Bosa brothers, um, and he's pretty damn close. He's pretty damn close. Although I think that Aiden leans a little bit more on the side of 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 um, Nick Bosa more so than Joey uh, as far as athleticism goes. But I mean, he's a shit talker. He's mean. He's nasty. Uh, he's fantastic. To play the position that I played defensive end for a decade in the NFL, and to watch Aiden Hutchinson already be better than I was all of those ten years, including Marcellus, he was better than you. <laughs> yeah, he's got more talent in his index finger than he than you've ever had, man. And Marcel Swally was a great defensive end. He was, he, was, he, was, he was pretty good. As he's entering the NFL, to me, it's next level. Let me talk about his arm talent, his it, being a technician in terms of master. Yo, looks like he's out there doing kung fu. <laughs> the position and knowing his craft already. Everyone says, well, there's a little slight in terms of some of his ten. So, unfortunately, I couldn't find any segments for this next one. Uh, but as I said, I'm just going to hop right into the... Um, Chiefs uh, draft that they have had. And I thought that they had a fantastic draft, uh, to say the least. Um, well, so I guess we'll start with uh, Mr. Trent McDuffie. I think that's his name, Mr. Trent McDuffie. So, um, you know, I watched a couple of Pac-12 games. I was able to get away with that by going to certain bars. <laughs> and, uh, oh, sorry, I had to get my charger was able to go to a couple bars and I was able to watch a couple games that um that they that they played at the University of Washington. Shout out to the Huskies. So with Trent McDuffie, I think that he's an individual, man. He's he's slightly I don't even know what it means to be undersized as a corner. I think that 5'10 is a fairly good size for a corner. I mean, I but you know what nowadays we're in an era now where corners are about six foot and up. So, you know. I think that he's somebody who was a who was a perfect standout, and he's a dog, man. I'm not gonna lie, he's de he's definitely a dog for sure. Uh, one of the things that I like about him though is that like he he defends the run really well. He's not afraid to tackle. He's not afraid to get his nose uh, dirty. Well, he's not afraid to get dirty, and he's not afraid to put his nose into a ball carrier's chest, uh, no matter how big that they are. And he can hit. Like he's really good at being able to read and react. Uh, he's got a good burst of speed. And unlike most corners who fundamentally aren't good at tackling, he seems to really know how to sink his hips and get out of breaks like like really good. Um, and he also knows how to shadow receivers, which would be interesting to see what he does uh, against the AFC West corners or not AFC West corners, the AFC West receivers that they're going to be facing up against that are all like six one and up. You know, guys like um, Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. That's going to be those matchups are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but he's not somebody who's just going to give up big plays. And um, I think that he also has a, a good feel for um, putting his hands up and putting his play, you know, putting his uh, putting himself in a great position to make a play on the ball, whether it's, you know, knocking it down or, uh, you know, incompletions. Uh, not really. A, he isn't really a like a interception ball hawk. He's not really that, but he is a sure player who you can put on on pretty much any team's number one receiver, and he can do a good job of of defending that. One of the things that I did notice about him, though, that I kind of sort of felt like he he's going to struggle with, um, although he shows a lack of length playing against taller receivers, uh, he can get lost uh, and he can get out out. Well, not athleticized. That's not a word. 
he can get mossed. I think I think he could. Um, also, I think that when when being put on bigger receivers like a Mike Williams, I could see him kind of sort of getting dominated. Um, he may struggle a little bit in coverage, which is why I think it's important to kind of sort of leave him not on an island. But he's going to need a lot. He's, he may need some safety help, which um, they also, which the Chiefs also got Brian Cook, who I think is uh, Honey Badger 2.0, a sure tackler, very intense, very high energy dude. I like him a lot, but. You know, that that's I don't really have much on him. I didn't watch a lot of Cincinnati games, uh, but I'm just going based off of what they talked about from his profile. And I saw a couple of his highlights. Um, sure. Tackler, uh, really somebody who can be an enforcer, um, more so unlike Juan Juan Thornhill, who isn't really a receiver in the run game. But he can do a really good job of uh, being able to um, be an enforcer in that in that secondary but the more the more interesting prospect that I looked at that I thought I was like man like I can't see him being there but then again I could George Karloftis I think is a very interesting prospect for the Chiefs to pick up knowing that they needed help uh with the at the edge position um I know that Frank Clark has plays where he can take plays off but when you look at a guy like this George Karloftis guy um his the first thing that stands out to me is his intelligence to play uh, the edge rushing position. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to have him standing up. I don't even know the Chiefs like defense per se or whatever it is that Spags is going to have him playing in. But his athleticism um, isn't eye eye popping. It's very deceptive, but he's strong as hell. Um, you can underestimate his athleticism. You'll get beat. But his IQ for the football is, I mean. <laughs> Like, like, there's multiple examples of him, like, walking off an offensive lineman back to the quarterback and then being able to hit them square. Like, it's crazy. Um, he's, like, he's almost like the Terminator. Like, he's like the Terminator. Um, and he's six. Well, he's about 6'3". He's, he's listed at about 6'3", maybe 266. Um, and you don't expect him to move well. You know, I, I see him being, like, a, a, a maybe a 7-tech, maybe a 5. He can also play maybe a 5-technique as well. But he's able to get off the ball pretty quickly, and he can be a nightmare for for tackles who who don't who don't have good feet. You know, if you're a tackle with slow feet, this guy's going to pretty much beat you every single time. Um, although I think that one of the things that he needs to improve on, um, obviously, is being able to be a little more fluid. Um, oftentimes, he does fail to wrap up a ball carrier, which is what I noticed in the Ohio State game when they played. Um, he gives up a lot of unnecessary yardage. I think that he's somebody who can be a difference maker for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He can do a good job of setting the edge, um, especially with those linebackers that they have with Willie Gay and with the um, what's that other guy's name? Nick Bolton. Uh, he can do. It. I think he can do it. Um, he's not a guy that's gonna. I, maybe we'll have to see. I mean, it's only gonna be his rookie year, but he has a hard work ethic. I think he's a pretty athletic pass rusher with a lot of upside. Um, he's a guy who can draw double teams, which I think is going to be good for the Chiefs as well. Um, he needs to, although I think he also needs to improve on getting some more bulk. Easy, although he tries hard in the run, he does get washed down a lot, a lot, especially in play action. He can get fooled. So, all in all, oh, and also let's talk about this guy Sky Moore for a second. Sky Moore. Um, Receiver out of, I think, out of Western Michigan, I think. Um, when I look at him, he reminds me a lot of Dexter McCluster. 
uh, just in terms of how they're going to be using him, which I could be wrong. Uh, McCluster was a, a running back, but he also was utilized as a receiver for the Chiefs. He's better than Dexter McCluster, I think, in the position that they're going to put him in. Uh, one of the things I like about his game is that he's also very high strong. He's got a lot of high energy. Uh, he can catch. He can also run out of the backfield as well. He can be their gadget guy. So it's almost like they're going to have – you already have Ronald Jones, right? You have Clyde. You have Jarek McKinnon. And then you're going to have Sky Moore, uh, who's going to be a threat out of the backfield, in the backfield, gadget guy. Um, we're going to see a different Chiefs offense, I think, in my opinion. No, I don't want to go over all, all the draft picks because I don't I don't really pay him. I know they got a linebacker out of, uh, I think his name is Leo. Ma- I can't remember what his last name is. But they got a, a linebacker. They got Brian Cook, who I already kind of sort of talked about a little bit. Sorry, it's a little a little vague just because I didn't follow the Chiefs draft too much. But besides like some of the big names that they got. And I wanted Sky Moore. I wanted him a lot. And uh, they didn't get him. So um, that just goes to show that they think that Eagle, the Eagles think that A.J. Brown is enough to win. And I think I think he is. But all in all, Chiefs fans, you should be very proud. I think that the offseason acquisitions with uh, MVS was good enough. I think we're going to see a much different Chiefs offense. It wouldn't surprise me if Patrick Mahomes' uh, completion rating goes up. I think he's going to pass somewhere between maybe, I'd say, 71 to maybe 74% if, they, if they're not trying to air the ball out, which they don't have to. Um, that's not something that they really have to do. They can keep the game pretty short uh, between the sticks, maybe do some mid-plays, you know, some mid plays, but I, I do think that they're going to run the football a lot more this year now that you have a complete back in Ronald Jones. And I think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to follow suit and they're going to be a little more creative and they're going to do a lot more things on the ground. Maybe also utilize you know, a lot more play action, allow Pat Mahomes to get more time. But you know, without that deep threat being Tyreek Hill, it'll be interesting to see how they use Sky Moore, who apparently is supposed to be the heir apparent to Tyreek Hill being gone. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, so that's my NFL draft analysis about the teams that I guess everyone else seems to care about. Um, I mean, if we're going to just real quick... That's uh, that's my analysis of the Chiefs. I'm actually going to go through the NFL draft. Um, just to look at some of these picks real quick. Um, you know, for those of you guys who are fans of other teams, uh, if you will, just some of the some of the guys that kind of sort of stand out. Um, let's see. I'm on NFL.com, which for some reason that well, is going to work is going to load. Yeah, or maybe not. Maybe not. It's not going to load now. Probably because I'm on Chrome. That's okay. Uh, let's see. Let's look at SB Nation right quick. I'm just going to do a quick rundown of some of these guys who were drafted. So Trayvon Walker to the Jags. I thought that that was an excellent pick. He's somebody who, although I don't think he has a lot of upside, he's not. I don't think he's better than Aiden Hutchinson. It may take him a while. Houston Texans getting Derek Stingley. I think that... <laughs> They must. They really must believe in Davis Mills for them to get a cornerback this high to be top top three. Sauce Gardner to the Jets. I think that made perfect sense. Thibodeau to the Giants is going to be. He's going to be a monster. Um, and I mean, they pride themselves on drafting defensive linemen. I mean, look at OCU Manura, Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, guys like that. They also get Evan Neal. The Atlanta Falcons get uh, Drake London, but they ended. They did end up getting. Um, oh, my bad. <sighs> They did end up picking up Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, which I thought it was a fantastic pick. Um, the Commanders get Johan Jahan Dotson. I mean, that's uh, 
The Eagles obviously got big JD, a.k.a. Jordan Davis, the tackle out of Georgia, defensive tackle. Uh, the Chargers beef up the offensive line with Zion Johnson out of Boston College, who I think is a fantastic guard. The Titans trade. <laughs> they trade away A.J. Brown for the number 18th overall pick, and I believe a fifth for Traylon Burks, um, who can do everything that, well, really, he can kind of do everything that uh, A.J. Brown can do, but he's not as established. Um, Trent McDuffie going to the Chiefs. We already talked about that already. Quay Walker. I didn't think he was going to be that high. I honestly thought that... Um, a guy like a uh, uh, Nicobe Dean was going to end up with the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, with the Packers. Devin Lloyd to the Jags, also kind of sick because they also got uh, Chad Muma. I li- and I like Chad Muma. <laughs> Chad Muma's a great, he's a great linebacker. I think he's out of um, ooh, Wyoming. He's a linebacker out of Wyoming. Jermaine Johnson to the Jets, that also was a pretty sexy pick. Linderbaum to the, uh, to the, to the Baltimore Ravens. Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, tackle. He's definitely going to get his ass kicked this year uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't wait. Kyer Elam, I thought that was also a really good pick. I thought he was probably one of the better corners after Sauce Gardner and after a guy like, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Sauce Gardner and, uh, mm, I thought he was better than McDuffie. But I I also thought that uh, Stingley, I was going to put him up there top three with Stingley, Sauce Gardner, and I was going to put Kyer Elam. But Buffalo ends up getting him. So him and Tredavious White are going to be uh, quite the tandem. Um, let's see, Daxon Hill. I thought that was also a pretty, you know, a pretty good pick uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Christian Watson, I think, to the Green Bay Packers. It'll be interesting to see the connection that him and um, Aaron Rodgers build together. I think that'll be fun. Kyler Gordon, that's the other um, the other corner's name out of uh, Washington. Washington has a... I know they, they, they say that LSU is called DBU, but I mean, when you look at the, the, the wide receivers that, that, come, that have come out of there, dude, they're insane, man. Like, there was a year where they had, like, Buda Baker, Sidney Jones, and they had Kevin King on the same team. And I mean, they haven't really panned out to do much in the NFL, but that was definitely DBU that year. They had, yeah, they, 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 were, they were insane. Uh, the Seahawks, for whatever reason, they didn't want to get a quarterback. I totally understand it. I guess they're cool with Drew Locke. Ojabo to the uh, Baltimore Ravens at pick number 45. I thought that was fantastic. He's a player with a lot of upside. And um, they're going to need all that help on the defense that they can get. Uh, George Pickens to the Steelers. I didn't see that coming. Uh, Colts getting Alec Pierce. I thought that was pretty good. The Chiefs getting Sky Moore. We already talked about that already. Um, Troy Anderson to the Falcons. I thought that was that was a good pick. Um, let's see. Do we got anybody else? N'Kobe Dean to the Eagles, obviously. Love, love, love that pick. Malik Willis to the Titans I thought was really good, too. That means that Ryan Tannehill's time is almost up, bro. He's almost up. Like I think I think he's he he he, he we've seen what he can do at this point. Uh Ricard White out of Arizona State. I liked him uh, at the running back position. He ends up with uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now to kind of take that Ronald Jones spot. I think he'll be fine. Uh Leo Chanel. Wait, I, oh, I thought he went to Nebraska. My fault. Okay, so yeah, Leo Chanel, 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 however you say his name. He ends up with the Chiefs, so I think that they're going to show up that linebacking that linebacking core. And I wanted the Eagles to get Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. Yes, his name is Kobe Bryant, but the Seahawks ended up getting him. Um, Zamir White out of Georgia, you know, big bruiser back. I like him. So, 
yeah, I mean, I'm just look. I'm just going through the list right here. Of just some guys that I can kind of see, and I'm like, oh, okay, I remember him. I remember him, and so on. Um, yeah. Now I want to know was um, Brock Purdy was the wow he was Mister Relevant wow okay all right yeah so I guess we're done here with the with some of the some of the draft talk hopefully this fulfilled everything that people wanted uh, or that people were asking for so shout out to my guy Nick for coming at me with this um we'll see what happens man I'm excited go Eagles and I, I guess go Chiefs. <laughs>